Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we'll be talking about Minute 21, which starts with Saruman finishing the word Middle Earth. Yes. We shall rule this Middle Middle Earth. Earth. And ends with an orc sergeant, worker, subordinate, someone in charge of other orcs. Says to Saruman, but my lord, we don't have the means. Yeah. Talking about arming them in two weeks' time. Yes. Uh, so I'm assuming that this is Saruman specifically growing the army that is going to assault Helm's Deep? Yes. I mean, I've always assumed that was the case. Mm. I mean, there's no nothing in the movie directly gives you that indication. Uh, well, I mean... But he, if he needs them ready so quickly... He has so a lot quickly, of Urukai, right? Yeah. In the first one. And now he, there's more of them. And now they're armed and ready to march in two weeks. I assume it takes, like, because, again, timelines. I assume it takes Rohan Sometime. two weeks to get from uh, Edoras to, it's called Edoras, right? That's the, yeah, that's the, the settlement. The hall? Yeah, okay. Edoras. That's not the hall, that's the settlement. Oh, whatever. Yeah, the pe- the place where people live Yeah. to Helm's Deep. The capital. Right. So I assume it takes them two weeks because they everything converges at the same time, or roughly. Mm. I don't know when... Right, because this army isn't here when the Ents trash the place. Yeah, because they're all getting killed yeah. by Legolas. <laughs> by my boy. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's a fair assumption to make. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Okay. Unlike with much of our Gollum discourse. We shall not speak of it. Um... I have an issue with this monologue, which I mentioned a little bit last week, but mm. we get the majority of it here. Yeah. Uh, I do not like this. No? No. I think it's a little too on the nose for the theme. Um, It's like if the nose shot out of the screen and slapped me in the face. Well, this is this whole monologue is the thing that Fran and Philippa were rewriting yeah, over yeah. the phone. No, I know. And I understand why, like, their reasoning to include it, because this is, like, a very central theme in um, Lord of the Rings. And you're underscoring it for your casual moviegoer. Right. But even for the casual moviegoer, it seems too, like, I'm going to reach out and slap you with my theme. Also, I mean, like, melodramatic evil. That's fine. 
High fantasy is full of melodramatic I evil. I know, and I know that Sar- Saruman is like a drama queen. I, right, you know. But... In the book, he wears a Technicolor dream coat, so... You know what? I really I really wish that we had gotten that here. Me too. He should be wearing the Technicolor dream coat. I will always call it that, because it's the way I've always imagined it. <laughs> well, it's prismatic, right? Because yeah. it's many colors. Yeah. It's, it, it refracts all the light. Out into its many colors. What's the what's the phrase from Ron? He's gone ultra. He's gone, he's gone ultra. <laughs> no, I, I I think Gandalf went ultra. Ultra extra. Um, no. Saruman went extra. I think that like, I, I mean, ultra seems bigger to me than extra, but not in the mind of the person who's gone extra. Like, it's okay. You don't go extra. You just are. It's a state of being. <laughs> That's Saruman. <laughs> Let's let's be real. It's cute that you're trying to be hip with the youths. Oh. Yeah. I'm surrounded by them at work enough. That's fair. I hear um. all these weird phrases. <laughs> Howdy. How do you do, fellow youths? Um, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So I don't like this monologue very much because I I would rather it be... It's, it's pretty apparent anyway. They're going to chop down a forest. Like, it's like the freaking orc Lorax up in here, yeah. like... <laughs> orc Lax doesn't or- sound right. <laughs> that sounds like a drug. Yeah. Um, uh, sounds... Anything with Lax in the title sounds like not something you want to take. What about Snorlax? He's he's friend-shaped. Except for that original game that I'm still bitter about. Um, it's Snorlax blocks your path. But... Lazy piece of trash. <laughs> But without this monologue, we wouldn't get something fantastic next minute. But that's next minute. I know. I don't like this minute. We've also seen, like, at least three of these shots multiple times before. Yeah, the the tree falling in the hole. The tree falling in the hole, the tree coming down. It's like the tenth time we've seen some of these shots. Not really. It's like the third. Yeah. Um, Specifically, it's the third time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's the third time we've seen that tree fall into the pit. I don't know. This, this minute doesn't have anything going for it for me because... Uh, it also has the weird, gross mud womb stuff that I'm not yeah. a fan of. Which apparently a, a lot of the a lot of the shots in this this particular minute of like the forge working and the urukai being born is stuff that they all shot when they were doing for uh, principal photography for fellowship, but just didn't use. And they just used it here during this monologue. That makes sense. Because Peter wanted to film a lot more of urukai being born. Ugh, I guess. It's so gross. It's effective. It is effective. Uh, I like that you see Urukai cutting other Urukai out of this with knives. It's nasty. It's just like, they are not strong enough to hatch on their own. It's like the fourth Twilight book. It's a, it's like. a little sad. That, <laughs> it's a little sad that the Urukai aren't strong enough to hatch on their own. They would die without assistance. I guess. The one, the, I guess the thing that I like the most in this minute, um, even though it's really nasty, is... That one Urukai being born with, like, the unnaturally large mouth, and it looks like a freaking xenomorph in like, there. Oh, it's a little deformed. He's, like, his face is crooked and his mouth is huge. Yeah. Yeah, he's weird looking. It's really gross, but it's really evocative. Uh, my favorite my favorite orc in this minute is the orc that's, like, checking out the Urukai, being like... <laughs> he makes, like, a weird little orc grunt. <laughs> yeah. That's a lady in that, that green orc outfit, the one that looks very much like a like a goblin. That would be a Moria orc, right? Uh, the Moria orcs are the ones with the really big eyes and the really pale skin. Yeah, that orc's pale. She's green. Is she? Yeah. She doesn't match a lot of the other orcs. <laughs> or maybe she's not green, but 
I picture green. Very classical orcish goblin features. They're greenish. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's it must of, be it's a Moria like orc. Grayish, whitish, gross. It's like booger. <laughs> it's certainly not as pale as a lot of the other Moria orcs yeah. you see. You can't necessarily tell that that's like a woman in that costume, but they have very um, classically feminine. They have, a, they have a very feminine neckline, so you can kind of tell. Like a, like the jaw. Yeah, like the jaw and neck lines. So you can kind of tell, but it's it's a good piece of costuming. Yeah. Like, that holds up under pausing and just staring at it. It is it is very, like, it's super classical D&D orc looking. The, without the tusks. Yeah. Even then, they have some, they have a couple the little of big fangs. fangs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Richard Taylor mentions in the commentary that they made about 160 distinct individual orc outfits and prostheses, like full masks. That's cool. So there's there's about 160 individual looking orcs, urukai, and goblins slash mori orcs. So there's like 160 like clone prototypes. Yeah. But orcs aren't cloned. No. So there's a there's 160 individual looks. That have like a full, like full detail, full prosthesis to apply and everything. And then there's way more than that of just the costumes that just have like a face piece with the helmet and the wig to kind of hide and all that sort of deal. That's cool. Um, but as far as like individual facial structures, there's 160 individual orcs that they made masks for in this movie, which is pretty awesome. That's that a lot. Awesome. Yeah. Someone sat down and drew at least 160 individual looking orcs and we ain't gonna see the nastiest one till the third movie oh the mouth of sauron or whatever no the tumor guy that's like the general of the army at osgiliath oh yeah 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 that the mouth of sauron's really is the mouth of sauron an orc no i think he's a corrupted human ew ew they just digitally made his mouth gigantic i thought i always i always like our friend at the end of this minute though kind of looks like um gross orc's brother or something yeah he's got like the weird he's fatter (laughs) he's fatter than the tumor the tumor ridden orc from return of the king whose name escapes me at the moment but i know he has one that's gross it's probably like an onomatopoeia for like a foot going through someone's head or something (laughs) thosh ew (laughs) that sounds like an orc name (laughs) thosh Thosh bone breaker. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, I thought of a really dumb joke, but Thosh gray splatter. I don't know. If, ew, ew. Because <laughs> I said a foot going through someone's head, huh? Yeah. Ugh. So if the Urukai are cloned, and they are going to attack a place, no. And Christopher Lee is in the movie. One could say that this is an attack of the clones. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see the disappointment on your face. <laughs> Let me have this. This minute's light. Yeah, it's really light. But um, I think I don't like this monologue because it's just really easy to make fun of. Yeah. Like when we were watching it, I was like pantomiming to the because i know it like the sword and axe and and the the iron iron fist fist of the the orc orc. like it's (sighs) i would just have much rather it be more subtle but 
subtlety is not Peter Jackson's bag most of the some of the time. I, some of the time he's good at it. Uh, but you know, I I will say that I always expect this monologue to end with "We shall rule this Middle Earth." But that's the end of the first half of it. Right, but that's kind of like when he literally says the fires of industry and the machine of war. Right. But like the the way that it leads up to and we shall rule this middle earth, that sounds like a definitive end of a statement, not the halfway point. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's like transitioning that... from like, hey, yeah, we're going to share power to like, oh man, look at my orc army. It's awesome. <laughs> look at my look at my babies. <laughs> look at my children. But I don't He's such a proud papa. Yes. Don't he is, make me feel bad for him or these orcs. He is a proud papa. He's so proud of his little murder toddlers. I don't think he's proud of them. I he I think he's proud of himself for engineering them. I don't know. I think he was proud of Lurtz. Yeah. But that pride like he's an e- uh, like egotistical bastard. Mm. Like he is proud of his accomplishment at like fueling all of this mm. nonsense. Yeah. Instead of like, oh man, that orc, that's a good orc right there. Right. I, I don't know, but this monologue to me implies that Saruman does have kind of a weird respect for the lifestyle and the culture of orcs. Otherwise, he wouldn't be so gung ho about handing the world over to them. Right. But I think he's. Which more... is like, which is really weird given where, you know, he came from. Right. Well, just I mean, like, he's 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 a corrupted um, Maya, just like um, Sauron. Uh, there is, I mean, there there's a lot of discussion to be had about whether or not Saruman is really is really a. I thought you were going to say whether or not he was really evil. No, like, whether whether or not bro, he's, this is pretty evil. Whether or not he's really like a corrupted Maiar in the same sense that like Sauron was, or that Melkor was a corrupted spirit. Or like Balrogs, because Saruman hasn't gotten to that point where he can no longer, like, become something beautiful. Right. No longer appear as something different. And maybe that's because he's he's cloaked in the flesh of a mortal. Right. Or maybe it's because there's still something in him that could be pulled back. But the destruction of Isengard makes him irredeemable. Right. I think, I mean, he he is corrupted, but just not as much as... Right. Like, he hasn't gotten to that point yet. But he is undergoing well the process right. of corruption. Right. So... He is misguided. Right. So I think that would make sense, considering, like, he... And orcs are just, like, he's following Sauron's example. Like, Sauron has men under his command but he has way more orcs mm. and orcs are just like i don't know i guess easier to boss around or orcs just want to kill people so it, uh, what are orcs gonna do when there's no more villages to raid destroy each other civil war yeah orc civil war go back home to moria captain urukai 3 <laughs> civil war oh my god Lurts can go fight the tumor general with like a gross shield (laughs) right yeah Lurts is dead dude yeah whatever there's like a plot twist where he's just in a glacier on New Zealand no he's just a head ew 
He's just like a head in a suit. Saruman finds the head and then just like fuses it back onto an Urukai body. Live again, my ultimate creation. Ew. Get all Dr. Frankenstein on it. <laughs> There's Frankenstein parallels to be made here. Isn't there a Captain America villain that's just a head in a jar? Isn't that the, well, well, the doctor becomes a, a brain in a computer eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's his name? He's in the movies. Yeah. Sound. I don't remember. It's not Zemo. No, it's not. But I'm pretty sure there's a Z in it. I don't remember. I don't remember. I can't remember. I lost Hugo some, Weaving. I just learned. I just <laughs> lost some nerd cred. Um. Well, you go. The Red Skull becomes like a spirit in a box. So whatever. That's true. Comics, am I right? <laughs> Comics. Yeah. There's. There's not anything else to really talk about here. We get to see some more of the the forging, like the forge masters that made stuff on the movie, making stuff in the movie. Yeah. Which is really dangerous, considering you can't see out of those prosthetics. Yeah. Let's just casually, And they're probably flammable. Let's just casually look. I know, it's probably like foam and latex and... You know, something that burns real quick. Just casually uh, have some molten right. metal next someone to that, my flammable costume right. that I can't see out of. Right, as someone that works works next to, you know, like, oil, hot oil and open flame, like... This can't be fun. Right? Show up to work in an orc costume. See how fast you get turned out. Right? Like, <laughs> like polyester and latex? No, no thanks. It'll just melt to your skin. <sighs> There's nothing like a grease burn. And I imagine getting latex foam on fire on you is a very similar and more horrific experience. Oh my god. Become the orc. Those poor trees that we've seen knocked down so many times. They're fake though, right? They, like, built them for this. Yeah. That's they good. keep knocking them down. It's yeah. just, like, stupid orcs. They're bullies. Well, you know what they say about getting knocked down. You can back up again. Yeah. That's what they do. These trees, they just... Chumbawamba would be proud of them. <laughs> and on that note, uh, thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to check out more podcasts from Dueling Genre other than us, you can go to DuelingGenre.com. And... If you feel so inclined, you can support us on Patreon at DuelingGenre.com slash support. New second breakfast coming this weekend. Yes. Probably talk about the Silmarillion. Probably. Because it's getting good, I guess. Mm. It's getting interesting. I like learning more about the Silmarillion because it just fuels our discussions more. Talk about elf stuff. Yeah, elf stuff. Golem stuff. Mm. As always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great rest of their Monday, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye!